The Legend of Veritas, Book One, The Awakening. The Ancient's Prophecy. So it was foretold 5,000 years ago. When the great game awakens, six will rise to power, four in the light and two in the darkest hour. The wolf comes and goes, eluding his dark foes. He awakens the light players and their side grows. The game's chosen soldiers rise. They each fight to protect their side's demise. The shapeshifter discovers a power bigger than she knows. She's one step closer to control as the dragon within grows. The light knight notifies history that apathy doesn't define skill. He can care about nothing while still bending it to his will. The chosen one awakens, creating good in daylight. Yet this double player is mischievously bad in the night. With each calendar rotation, a new player joins the game, bound to fight to the death until the souls of all mankind are claimed. The Introduction The people of the Kingdom of Veritas have passed down a mysterious legend of a great game of power for nearly their entire history. The game was once regarded as a prophecy that all people and creatures from every race feared. But as the wheel of time turned and generation after generation passed down the tale, fear was forgotten and fact faded into myth and legend. Yet one key point remained true, no matter who spoke of the coming of the great game, that the evil that will awaken during the game can only be defeated by the children of royalty, the children with the moon's magic in their veins. Eight power moons rule in a circular orbit above the surface realm, where the kingdom of Veritas is located. These blood moons dictate the order of the entire world. The world comprises the sky, surface, and middle realms. All three are large regions wherein magic of varying degrees of strength is bestowed upon pure bloodlines, blessed into the veins of only the chosen children of upper royalty. The children selected are those deemed worthy by the eight moons of magic. They're known to the world as blood mages. The moon's orbit dictates nearly everything in the world. Based on the location of each blood moon in rotation, the mages will travel, hide, go to war, prepare for siege, relax, train for battles, train for peer duels, change alliances, assassinate their enemies, sleep, don't sleep, and at its very simplest, the power-moon rotation is how all three realms of the world track and translate the current date and time. As the moons cycle in and out of the eight positions within the sky, the power of the blood mages waxes and wanes with them. There is always one bloodline stronger than all others. The strongest blood moon during any time is that in first or prime rotation. However, as the orbit moves and the moons shift, a new blood moon takes the prime rotation slot, and a different bloodline becomes the strongest, while the former moon loses strength. Each bloodline has unique abilities, or traits, that they bestow upon their mages. These traits are bashed into the brain of every living creature from a young age, because recognizing an enemy's blood is often the difference between life and death. When a mage understands what abilities their opponent possesses, then they are better equipped to defend against them and to attempt to conquer them. After each two-week rotation cycle, the moons shift clockwise. If a blood mage's power moon is in the fifth position, even the most powerful mages lose the ability to perform any magic at all. 
This is because the moon that charges the mage's blood with magical abilities must recharge itself once during each calendar rotation. A moon phase is a duration of 26 days. During their blackout moon, the mages of the fifth rotation bloodline must be smart, vigilant, and strategic in order to avoid attacks from a foe's blood magic. Their magic awakens when a royal child comes to age at eight calendar cycles, if they're chosen by the bloodline's power moon. The child's human blood is infused and charged with their blood moon's power. The process transforms the new mage's blood and eye color to the hue of their power moon. While royal children are usually always selected by their moons, on rare occasion a royal is skipped. The reason for the allocation of blood magic or not is unknown to the world. The running assumption is that the children would abuse the moon's magic and throw off the balance of blood energy that the moons must keep in harmony. Royals who are not mages are often ignored outcasts, nicknamed oblets. One usually doesn't hear the term in civilized conversation. When a mage's blood magic awakens, along with the changing color to the eyes and blood, a single ring appears wrapped around the mage's left index finger in the form of a blood tattoo. A single ring communicates to the world the mage is weak because they possess only level one blood magic. There are five total levels of blood magic power. The first classification is a newborn mage, the second, a junior mage, the third, apprentice mage, fourth level, ascending mage, and the fifth and final level of blood magic, master mage. Strength of magical traits and the ability to learn new traits is governed by the mage's power level. A newborn mage, for example, may only have one or two traits to hone whereas a master could have upwards of 20. Graduation to a new mage level only comes with diligent, dedicated daily training in spells, understanding, and precisely enacting exceptional dueling strategy, effective shutdown of emotions while engaged in combat, and meticulous meditation to mature the mind. They must achieve total mastery of the way of the mage to graduate to level five. With each evolution to a new mastery level, an additional ring tattoo appears on the mage's left index finger, a few millimeters above the last, as if stacking jewelry onto a single finger. Most mages wear a black satin glove that covers their index finger in order to keep their power index and blood tone hidden from opponents. Power index rings are blood tattoos. These unique tattoos glow vibrantly with the color of the mage's blood moon because their blood itself is the ink of the tattoo. Ergo, hiding their ring hue and level is a strategy to stop unknown mages or any foe from immediately deciphering their abilities. Those chosen to be blood mages attend school in the Great Dome, where sages teach them to harness, control, and unleash the full potential of their blood. Teachers dubbed guardians work with the children of blood magic daily after classes at the practice courts to enhance the mage's battle and dueling skills. This is where the royals learn how to defend and attack each of the other seven bloodlines traits. 
They practice and duel against each other daily to level up their blood magic ring level and to hopefully attain master mage status. Blood magic, as mentioned above, is not exclusively for children of royalty, but blood mages are the most common of the four types of magic casters. In addition to blood mages, there are also light workers, shapeshifters, and the servants of the dark magic spirit, also known as the DMS. All four of these types are chosen by and draw their power from the moons, but the specific magic abilities that are designated to each bloodline are only applicable to their royal children. The light workers, shapeshifters, and servants of the dark have abilities specifically allocated for them by the moons. Light workers receive light magic from the dragon moon. Shapeshifters receive morph magic from the owl moon. And servants of the DMS receive black magic from the lyre moon. None of these magics are considered blood magic, but rather are referred to as moon-drawn magic. Light workers are servants of light magic, chosen by the Ambi Dragon Moon to join the Light Order. The purpose of the Light Order is ultimately to bring honor to the eight light gods and to repel darkness whenever and wherever his forces slither back into the surface realm. Those who are chosen to join the Light Order are selected for the purity of their hearts, their resilience in the face of darkness, and the strength of their integrity and conviction. The Order are the selfless, restless peacekeepers of the Kingdom of Weratos. Those chosen by the Light Order have blood magic that awakens in their veins at the age of 11. On rare occasions, a blood mage is called to join the Order, and they then may draw power from multiple moons at once. They must use multiple moons in order to learn the light magic required to fulfill the duties of the Order. Lightworkers are easy to spot because their glowing white blood shows through their blood tattoos in the form of written scripts that appear on their right arms when their magic awakens. Every lightworker has unique tattoos on their right arm, and these are specific to their future needs and abilities. All of the scripts incapacitate evil with direct skin contact or when whispered to the Ambi moon by the lightworker. As natural targets for the forces of darkness, these scripts are meant to protect the light workers in times of great need. Light workers do not have blood ring tattoos to assign a level, but they do have unique predisposed designations that emerge during their training. Light workers serve the order in a general fashion, completing whatever task is required of them from the light priestess. They serve all stations and positions of the order. During times of war, they're out on the front lines. The second type of the light order are light messengers. They encode and send encrypted messages to other light towers across the kingdom. They receive and decode incoming messages and sometimes teleport to deliver critical messages in person. The third type in the order are light knights. They hone and manipulate light in order to weaponize it and to shield with it. Light knights are the true heroes and warriors of the kingdom. Each knight fashions their own kind of weapon from concentrated light after they reach level four mastery. Always a weapon well suited to their personality. The fourth designation are light healers. 
they use concentrated light energy to heal even the nastiest wound that blood magic can create. These healers are indispensable to the kingdom and are dispatched as needed, teleporting to the side of injured citizens to save them from mortal wounds or to simply patch small wounds or fix breaks and bones. The fifth designation of the order are light trainers, and they do exactly what it sounds like they do. They train all new members of the order until they have a designation as a, gen as a general worker, a knight, a healer, a trainer, or a lead. A head trainer leads each designation, aside from the leads, and they further train the light workers in their specialty until their official graduation. Most in the order revere and respect their trainers as if they were family, because for many years, they are a form of family. And finally, light leads are the intellectual strategists and protectors of the order. The light priestess is the chief among them, and she is the supreme leader and decision maker for the order. The leads act as advisors to the priestess and attend council sessions with the light priestess to aid and inform her decisions. Shapeshifters are also possessors of blood magic. Shapeshifters are unique because they're the only non-royals ever selected by the moons. They're the rarest kind of blood magic user. Usually only two to three shapeshifters are born each generation. And the dragon shapeshifter is only born every 10 to 12 generations. Shapeshifters are not trained, but instead remain hidden from society to hone their skills in secret, if they ever discover their skills at all, because shapeshifters are only awoken in time of, of need. They train in secret so that their realms and territories can use them as covert weapons. There are only four types of shapeshifters commonly known to the world. Dragon phasers, owl phasers, sirens, and the shadow wolf. The last kind of blood magic user are the servants of darkness. The servants chosen for their narcissism and black hearts are awoken at random ages when they're deemed ready by the king of the territory of darkness to serve in his army of the damned. There is much that is unknown about the extent of the power of darkness's ill-crafted blood mages but one thing is known for certain. They all serve darkness without hesitation or question, and this is because their minds are all poisoned by darkness's greatest weapon, the demon herb only known through rumor and folklore as Ukai. The eight blood moons in order of calendar rotation are, one, the glowing golden Ombi dragon moon that governs the Eku Ombi bloodline, as well as the light workers and the gods of light. The Eku Ambi bloodline has only one known survivor after the 5128 massacre. The Eku Ambis revolted against the capital's government during the Amani Crane moon, while the Amaris were powerless. During the next moon, the Duos Empress Erika Amari brought retribution and justice to Akuin that was swift and terrible. Today, the empty territory is known only as the Dead Empire of Akuin. The Ambi Dragon Moon is also special because it is the blood moon of the army of the Will of Light, the eight light gods who reside with their immortal stewards, the Council of the Will of Light, up in the territory of light. Like any other moon, 
even the immortal and all-powerful gods of the world have no power when this moon is in fifth rotation or during the zero shift. The light workers of Weritas are awoken, governed, and bestowed power from the Ambi Dragon Moon. They are one of the only exceptions to the laws of royal blood magic because light workers are not always children of royalty and sometimes are not even highborns. Despite being children of the dragon moon, they only possess light magic. They cannot learn the traits reserved for the Ekuambi bloodline, which is the moon's true chosen children. This moon's most infamous traits are telekinesis, defensive and protective abilities, ukai resistance, instinct magic, and light magic. Light magic, of course, is only for light workers and for the great game's future soldier of light. The second moon, the sparkling diamond purple Lysus Jaguar moon, governs over the Amare bloodline. The Amares are the ruling power over all the territories of mankind on the surface. They reside in their home territory of Weratan. Their empress, known as the Duos, is the leader and the single voice of authority over the entire kingdom of Weratas. All territories of man and magic upon the surface realm answer to the Amares. The two Amare children attend school in the Great Dome with the rest of the royal and highborn castes. Their blood magic is the most powerful and feared of all bloodlines. The blood magic traits of the Jaguar moon that are most infamous are elemental manipulation magic and regenerative healing ability. Third in the original rotation, is the luminous forest green Kriti scorpion moon that governs the seers and the oracle, along with all ancient magic types. Most possessors of ancient magic live and practice in Aquaton, a territory in the kingdom of Weratas within the surface realm. Ancient magic is unique because it can be learned by any mage who reaches level five mastery. However, the school of ancient magic is hidden and accessible and findable only to few. Fourthly, in the original rotation, the dazzling sapphire blue Maligan Python moon governs over the Maligi bloodline. The Maligis are the ruling power over the territory of Malagon within the kingdom of Weratas. The three Maligi children attend school in the capital of Weratas while their parents remain in their home territories to rule. While the Maligi bloodline is adept in many traits, they are most widely known for their flight and potion-making skills. In fact, the Maligis are the only blood mages, or the only people at all, who can create potions. Fifth is the binding pure white Amani crane moon, which covers over the Amani bloodline. The Amanis are the ruling power over the territory of Amani. The two Amani twins attend school in the capital of Weratas, while their parents remain in their home territory to rule. The Amani crane moon magic is most famous for emotional manipulation, peace casting, and the ability to put their opponents to sleep. Sixth in the original rotation is the electric light emerald green Shadow Wolf Moon, 
which governs over the Calamorti bloodline. The Calamortis were hunted to near extinction, but escaped to the middle realm through their legendary portal magic, which enables them to jump from realm to realm. The Calamortis united the middle realm and now preside as sole rulers over it. The Calamortis are also known because the blood of the Shadow Wolf, a vicious creature controlled by darkness, runs in their veins. Even the purest of heart of the Calamortis can be forced to shapeshift into the Shadow Wolf and be consumed and taken over when darkness is near. This moon's most infamous traits are immortality, telekinesis, invisibility, immunity, and immunity slash shield magic to the dark magic spirit itself, or the DMS. Seventh in rotation is the brilliant blood orange Terra Owl moon that governs over the Poloni bloodline. The Polonies are the ruling power over their home territory of Polonia. Four Poloni children attend school in the capital of Veritas, while their parents remain in their home territories to rule. One of their children vanished before the age of two. It is rumored that the baby girl died, but her parents never stopped searching. The most infamous traits of the Terra Owl Moon are shape-shifting, dragon-phasing, power amplification, and invisibility. And lastly, eighth in position, and certainly least, is the glowing midnight black Dark Liar Moon, which governs over all dark magic and all evil. This is applicable to any mortal possessed by the DMS or the dark magic spirit. The territory of darkness, ruled by the king of the dark, and also just referred to as darkness itself, is is also inhabited by the army of the damned, which haunts most children's dreams. Luckily, however, the territory of darkness is safely tucked away across thousands of miles of oceans that none can cross. 